live and pre-recorded. This is the Red Ticket Blues Podcast. I am Brian Buckley. This is being recorded on July 13th to hit the internets on July 14th. That's Bastille Day. Independence Day, France. Uh, you can follow me at BrianBuck13. Listen to the show, the Red Ticket Blues Podcast uh, show on iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube. How's everyone doing? How is everybody? How was your weekend? We're in the middle of summer, almost the Ides of July, almost the Ides of almost the Ides of summer. It's hot as hell. I was in Fenway this week watching the Yankees Red Sox sweating my ass off. But I guess we're all doing better than 50 Cent, huh? Woo! Wow, man. That that what a fall from grace. That's a that's a bad bad luck story. Well, not bad luck, but how can you be He wasn't just like the regular rappers, you know, or regular just one big contract sports guys where you see, yeah, well, like bankruptcy, they, they didn't do it right. I mean, that's a fall from grace. He, he had half a billion dollars, I thought, at one point from the vitamin water deal. I should have known better one last week when he was in Hamden, Connecticut, signing bottles of liquor at a store. Should have known something was up with that. You know, guys with half a billion dollars don't normally do that. But forget all that. We're not going to dissect 50s finances. We're going to talk about a bunch of stuff. As we always do, a lot of stuff. A very busy show. Very busy show. We'll take a look at the the uh, matchup that happened last week between the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees to finish out the first half of the season. Do a little uh, quick recap. Well, not recap. I'm not going over the entire first half of the baseball season, but a little overview of what's going on in Major League Baseball. We'll stop in and see how the NFL's doing. And they're just defying logic like they normally do. We'll take a little peek at what Des Bryant's whining about, why Greg Hardy's a monster, but his crimes of monstrous things are comparable to quite minor things in the eyes of the NFL. We'll discuss that, and we'll also get into a little bit of the NBA and the just ridiculousness there as well. I leave a lot of things open. I'm not, I'm not saying anything. Just, just ideas, floating them out, teasing them, teasing them, teasing them. So, like I said, I was at Fenway this weekend to see the Yankees versus the Red Sox. I went to the game on Saturday, the one game they the Yankees did not win. And Alex Rodriguez hits a home run. I've been to three games this year in three different stadiums, Yankee Stadium, Camden Yards, Boston, Boston Red Sox. That's Fenway Park. He's hit a home run every game. I need to start going to more games. And he's really sticking it to sticking me. Sticking it! Yes, he's really sticking it to me. Well, I didn't say he wouldn't be good this year. Maybe I did, but I don't think I did. Mine was more about his personality, but he's still sticking it to me. He was hurt. He didn't like it. So what did he do the first half of the season? He bat 278 with 18 home runs, 51 RBIs, and an OPS just under 900. Yeah, he's sticking it to me. And I, you know what? I, I acknowledge it. I'm not saying I was wrong, because I don't know what I'm actually saying I was wrong, too. But he's letting me know. And the fans there in Boston let him know, too. Boy, they do not like him. They don't like all the Yankees, but they do not like Alex Rodriguez. I would play a clip of the at-bat when he was there, just the booze, but it doesn't even do you justice. You'd have to be there. The guy next to me actually just sat there with his middle finger out the entire time as he rounded the bases after he hit that home run. Not saying anything, just with his middle finger out there like that. I'm not sure if A-Rod saw it. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to point to the idea that he didn't. 
You know, there was a lot of people. And I, the last New York Yankee-Boston Red Sox game I went to at Fenway, I don't remember there being as many Yankee fans. There was a lot of Yankee fans there. But the idea that what I really liked this time is I go there, and there are people that, obviously, they're wearing their, their team colors, their affiliations, so who, so who they're rooting for. But there are some people you don't even need to see what they're wearing. You know that that guy is from Boston. Not Lexington, not Quincy, not Revere. He's from Boston. And then you see other guys there, Yankee fans. You know they're not from Connecticut. They're, they're not from New Jersey. They're from New York. I mean, the, the Boston guys, I mean, shocker red hair. Got a beaten mug like Bill Burr's little nephew. Hat to the side, just ever so perfectly gangsta. And the New York guys, you know, they they have their tight shirts uh, one guy had this nice denim vest with the slick back hair. He looked like a like a like a Guido Pete Campbell from Mad Men. He, it was they they straight out of Central Casting. Like I said on Twitter, if they, you said I need a Boston guy, it's that guy, and you New York guy, it's that guy. David Ortiz did pretty well that game. Uh, that was a great game though. Saturday night's game, back and forth, back and forth. Nova versus Rodriguez on the mound there. Uh, David Ortiz had a great game. And, you know, with the Red Sox trying to get back in the race, uh, he wasn't there on Sunday night. And I and I like to pick on Ortiz. You know why? Because he's a whiner and he's annoying. I'd actually, you know, as a Yankee fan, you're trained to hate the Red Sox. I don't mind Pedroia. He's a little cocky, but you know what? When you're that small and everyone tells you you're not going to do something in baseball, you got to be a little cocky. you got to have a chip on your shoulder. But Ortiz and his upper respiratory bullshit, day game after night game, he didn't want to play. He didn't want to play first base. So with his team trying to get back into it for the All-Star break, he throws his feet up and says, Nah, I'm good. That's why he's so unlikable. He, he's, he's, he's tough to deal with, man. I, I don't know. Red Sox fans, I, I, he's done amazing things for that team, but I don't know how you can get in, get involved with him. Well, you can, Clutch hits can, can make you good. Make you forget all that. Look at Alex Rodriguez. Uh... What else we got here? And there was also Rep, Rob Refsnyder. He got his first start on Saturday, did not get any hits. And on Sunday, it looked like he may go hitless again until he got his first hit. And then he came up in the ninth inning for the Yankees. Brian, uh, I apologize in advance if this sounds rude, but I have to ask you this because this is the, on everybody's mind. What is the obsession with Stephen Drew? It's over 600 at-bats. He's a 200 hitter. He's got the lowest batting average of any guy in the American League that's qualifying for the batting title. What do you guys see to keep running him out there? Maybe a bat from Stephen Drew there in that night. Outstanding. Um, Stephen swung the bat really good tonight. Um, swung on and into the end of the block. It is high. It is far. It is into the back row of the monster seats. It's the first Major League home run for Rob Refsnyder. A good day just turned into a great day. And you tell him, David Cohn, you know, that, that, that little montage may be a little premature because we don't know if Stephen Drew's actually going anywhere. Uh... We know he's terrible. There's no doubt about that. He's an awful player. He's a good defender. But he's actually, you know what? I, I will be honest with Stephen Drew. I'll be honest with you and Stephen Drew. He's actually got his average up to 182. I don't know if that's a high water mark, uh, you know, since the beginning of April or middle of April. But, I mean, he's got the 12 home runs. A dreadful OPS of 630. 25 RBIs. 182, though. 
now I don't want to get on David uh, David I don't want to get on Stephen Drew yeah, yeah what is that? your point okay uh, but I think when the Yankees offense becomes anemic or when they can't get runs I think he is the poster child of the frustra- frustration and futility I think he's the one that's looked at as oh look at all this uh, all these guys didn't hit today uh, let's see let's go through the batting average and, and Drew look at him he's batting under 200 I think that's the way we look at it is it unfair maybe I just I just hate his stupid emotionless face and I don't want to see him on the team anymore but when you sit back and you take the fan out of it and look at it from a reasonable perspective he's probably not a bad guy to have as a backup I don't know why Brendan Ryan is on the team he just floats from one DL to another and day to day and someone's got to tell him they're not doing the mustache thing anymore he's the only guy on the team with the mustache I think he sort of he was watching games and he came back from the DL and he's like hey guys I'm here with the mustache and they're all like no we're not doing that anymore not doing that anymore man didn't you get the memo? Uh, so maybe that is a bit premature, but Rob Refsnyder has arrived, I guess. He got two hits. I mean, he's batting 286 in two games, career games. But I, there's something about him, man. I mean, you hear people, crazy people. No, Tom Penders. I'm sorry, I'm having, I'm burping a little bit here. I'm just pausing and licking my lips here. I'm drinking this beer. This is good. Maine Beer Company. And I swear when I bought it, I thought it said pepper ale. But it's called peeper ale, which it's a little creepy. Peeper ale. <laughs> I feel like, you know, like Jared from Subway should be drinking peeper ale. That's sick fuck. With those glasses, you knew something was up with him. He's always opening up his pants to show everyone how big it is. And I guess the new slogan they were going to go with Subway was going to show how much of a family man he was. Probably always gripping his iPad at all times. Suck, man. That's some sick shit. You see how big his house was? God, he's been a spokesperson for Subway for 15 years. That guy who barely says a word. Man, he had a good gig going. He had a good gig going. And he hasn't been eating Subway lately. You see those man boobs? Those things were shaking around everywhere. I actually was reading something the other day. I'm completely off track here. I was talking about Rob Rustiner, but uh, I was reading something the other day. If you drink too much... Now, I don't even know what publication it was. If you're not reading like a reputable source on the internet, you have to like read things twice. You read from where you're reading it, and then you have to read to see if it's actually legit. So it's like you're reading two stories. I only read one, so maybe I'm wrong here. But drinking like an IPA, Indian Pale Ale contributes it could possibly lead to larger breasts in men so i've been like costanza wherever i'm going i'm I'm, I'm looking to see if there's jiggling and i'm becoming very paranoid of it so it hasn't stopped me from drinking it though obviously as we say i guess i can live with that but i'll go get a bro or a man's here i'll have to do what i have to do maybe that could be an epidemic uh going around men just wearing these because they love craft beer all right, let's get back. Uh, Rob Refsner, I was I was impressed with his demeanor after the game. Uh, again, you know, I, I think you're just looking for some sort of life on that team outside of a Rod, some some sort of personality. And I don't know, he had a Jeter like. I know, I know, I know, Jeter like mannerisms as he did his interview. Very professional. Very. He's not Derek Jeter. Oh, Tom Penders, what I was saying. Former Texas basketball coach was tweeting, he really reminds me of a young Jeter and showed all the ways. It's like, dude, calm down. It's been two games. 
Can we please let this guy breathe? Let him breathe. But the home run derby's going on tonight. Uh, we got the three Yankee All-Stars going to the game in Cincinnati tomorrow. We got Brett Gardner who got in uh, with the injured Alex Gordon. Gardner's numbers 302, 10 home runs, 42 RBIs. Uh, let's see, 15 stolen bases and OPS 861. Mark Teixeira, 240. I mean, you'd like to have that average a little better, but 22 home runs, 62 RBIs. He's already got more RBIs now than he did all of last season. And an OPS of 876. And Dellen Batances, who has had a few hiccups, a few hiccups lately. I'm not going to hold that against him. Maybe I will. But he's still 5-2 and two, stellar 1.53 ERA. Uh... That doesn't make any sense. I wrote down 77 home runs. That must be uh, strikeouts. Because yeah, he doesn't hit home runs. And if he did, he didn't hit 77 on July 13th. And a whip of .83. So the way we look at it here, the Yankees going into the All-Star break, they're three and a half games up on their second place team, Tampa Bay. But I think we're going to see the same uh, trend the entire year in the AL East. I'm not shattering any... Uh, but this isn't a hot take. I mean... Any team can win it here. Boston's in last place, six and a half. So a good week can get you to go from worst to first. It can happen. You got Kansas City with a good lead, 52 and 34 in the AL Central. And they're four and a half up on the next place guy. Next place guy. Next place team in Minnesota. Los Angeles Angels, AL West, half game up on Houston, who has definitely cooled off. The Astros were the team everyone was talking about. They've definitely cooled off as of late. Going to the National League, the Washington Nationals are two games up on the Mets. And i got to give the Mets credit. You know, they finished the season strong, winning seven out of their seven and three in their last ten. A lot of Mets fans, I'm sorry. This is good beer, but I'm getting a lot of burp in here. Mets were getting a lot of shit from people that, that things were going south and the season was beyond repair. It was just, it was on the tipping point. And they've really turned it around. It hasn't been that bad. So, I think everyone just needs to relax with that. Now, their you know their their medical staff reared its ugly head uh, recently with Stephen Matz, their their newest superstar. We spoke about on the podcast and had two or three podcasts ago. Who I swear, in in the matter of an hour, everything changed. It went from a strained lat muscle will miss a start to then a torn uh, lat muscle. He's going to miss at least three weeks. And then it was definitely uh, he's more along the lines of five or six weeks. So now we're looking at the beginning of September. And the scariest thing, I wish I could find a clip of it. Maybe, hopefully I can. I could put it in here. But of Stephen Matt saying, I'm just going to do what I can. You know, I'm going to follow all the rehab and I'm just going to listen to the Met doctors. And I'm just like, no, don't do that. That's the worst thing you can do. Do not listen to the Met doctors. Here's a quick uh, of players in the last few years. Oh, no, it's this season, excuse me, of what the Mets originally say the injury is and then what it actually turns out to be. So Zach Wheeler, diagnosed with elbow tendonitis March 12th. We don't expect it's going to be a major issue, GM Sandy Alderson. March 16th, Mets announced Wheeler is torn ulnar collateral ligament needs season-ending Tommy John surgery. A lot can happen in four days. David Wright, diagnosed with hamstring strain April 15th. Two weeks would be great. Three weeks is probably an expectation, Alderson. May 23rd, diagnosis spinal stenosis. Timetable for return remains unknown. We have still not seen David Wright, and there really hasn't been any updates on him either. 
Uh, Rafael Montero, diagnosed with rotator cuff inflammation, April 30th. We don't expect this to be serious, Alderson. Timetable for return remains unknown. Anyone seen him? Anyone seen him? Anyone. Daniel Murphy goes on DL with quad strain June 5th. It's not real serious, manager Terry Collins. This is 22 games. Yeah, we can keep going with this. Travis Darno, <laughs> diagnosed with hyperextended elbow June 20th. We'll probably have him tomorrow if we need him. June 23rd, goes on disabled list with sprain elbow. Timetable unknown. <laughs> we'll probably have him tomorrow. <laughs> oh, my God. Remember they they took Ryan Church cross-country twice? Was it twice with the concussion? <laughs> Michael Kadire diagnosed with a knee injury July 1st. The news is finally some good news. A bright spot instead of another guy in the 15-day DL. Collins, July 2nd. We need to certainly revisit it tomorrow. <laughs> I don't think he's played yet, has he? Oh, my God. The Mets. Oh, the Mets. What can you say? What can you say? Oh, let's look at the other leagues, uh, the other divisions here real quick before we before we move on to other things. Uh, you got St. Louis, two and a half games up on Pittsburgh. I guess there were some good games the last few uh, days between the Pirates and the Cardinals, which I missed. I, last night's guy, I guess, uh, another come-from-behind, two come-from-behind victories for the Pirates. I was watching To Catch a Contractor, which... I watch it every Sunday now, and it's not a very good show. This is after the show I talked about a few podcasts ago, Bar Rescue. It's Adam Carolla, who I actually like, and but he's not funny in the show. He's supposed to be the comic relief. It, it's it's like a sting thing where they get a contractor who did did a family wrong, and they get this big guy. Uh, his name's Skip. I don't know his last name. Wears a really tight shirt, five o'clock shadow. He's older, but he's not old enough to be old. You know what I mean? He's got like he's got the salt and pepper stuff, but you know he's like a stud, you know, beefcake, and he tells the bad contractor how to do everything, and it's really kind of a messed up show because they're like, listen, you go to court, or you, or we show you how to fix this stuff when we demean you as we do it. So, I but then as I was going to bed, I see all these tweets of people talking about, well, this is the greatest game of the season so far, and I'm just like, geez, I spent it watching this stupid show. What are you gonna do? That's what I did. So. That's baseball right now. The home run derby's happening. I uh, don't really care. Something I enjoyed more when I was a kid. And I'll be completely honest, one of the worst parts of it is Chris Berman and his loud, obnoxious, stupid, fat mouth. And I don't want to listen to him anymore. I don't like his back, 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 back. It's a home run derby. They're, if they're hit hard, they're going to be home runs. You don't need to do the, the call every single That's like John Sterling doing every single call for a guy every time they're personal stop it we don't need that so in the all-star game tomorrow we'll see what happens i will be uh i'll be getting on a flight to puerto rico tomorrow so i won't be seeing the entire thing but i'll probably be watching a little bit of it at jfk airport so i'll have little to say about it i'll say it, it was great up to ten forty-six when we took off yeah all right so let's uh let's 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 uh, knock on the door and see how the NFL's doing. Come on, man! And with the local DBC news, Yes, that music can only mean one thing. We're talking about Des Bryant, star Cowboys wide receiver, and right now he has issued a. He's let's go back to this. Uh, he's been deemed as the franchise player. They've placed the franchise tag on him, meaning that. 
team owns him for a year, they're going to offer him the money, uh, contract to what he's worth, and after that, then they'll work on a long-term contract. As Brian says, you know what, I've already established myself as one of the best wide receivers in the game, and I deserve a long-term contract. I've said this before, I usually don't side with the player in sports when it comes to contract negotiations, but football, these guys have all my sympathy. Uh, It could end at any moment. Now, $14 million is a lot of money, but it's all about numbers. Uh, He's worth a long-term contract. But I don't know what he's actually trying to do with the Cowboys right now. He's he's playing a game. He's saying that you need to give me a long-term contract by 4 p.m. Wednesday or I'm going to sit out, I'm going to miss training camp, and I'm going to sit out games. Now, here's the thing. If he doesn't, sign the contract well I don't even know if he has to sign a contract he, if, if at 4pm on this is where I messed up I don't know if it just hits 4pm and he's automatically a franchise tagged or if he has to sign something by 4pm but regardless the, the Cowboys aren't going to do the long term contract he's going to have to go through the franchise uh, you know, situation for, for every game he loses it's just money he's losing it's $754,000 per game and if let's say in the most unlikely situation, if he were to miss ten games, he would have to repeat the whole process again because the season wouldn't count, and he'd have to go in 2016 be a franchise tagged player again. I get where Des is coming from, and I think Peter King said it on WFAN today. He is a combustible player with a combustible personality or volatile. I like combustible better. I don't know what he's doing. He has to. He. I don't know if he has the right people in his corners telling him what to do. The Cowboys are not budging. They. They have hand. Yes, they have hand. Des has got to wake up, or he's just going to end up losing money. He's not getting back. But from Des to someone that should not be playing at all, and Mr. Greg Hardy. If you don't know about Greg Hardy, he's the former Carolina Panthers. Uh, let's see. Is he a linebacker? I know he's a defensive, uh, defensive player. Is he a line? I think, yeah, he's a linebacker. Yeah, he was made All-Pro last, not last year, 2013. And Greg Hardy, last year, was placed on the inactive list beginning week two. He was found guilty of assaulting and threatening to kill his former girlfriend. The original sentence from the judge was 18 months probation and a 60-day suspended jail sentence, meaning he didn't do one day in prison. That was a suspended sentence. Uh... According to that case, Hardy picked her up, slammed her into a bathtub, dragged her by the hair, pulled her necklace off, choked her. Now, remember, Greg Hardy is 6'4", 275 pounds. Then he threw her onto a futon covered in automatic weapons and let her know all the guns were loaded and threatened to kill her. Now, with that original sentence that was handed down to him, his lawyers appealed the decision. And in North Carolina, at this point... The case goes to a jury uh, based on his appeal. And what happened was the ex-girlfriend was nowhere to be found. It's presumable that she was paid off by Greg Hardy. And unfortunately, what happened after that was his earlier conviction was vacated. So he missed 15 games in 2014. He was paid. Don't forget that. He was paid. So once this all went down, and it's about... The NFL, while they did have him on the inactive list because he hadn't really done anything yet, they had to find out what was going on. That's why he was paid. 
but he was suspended 10 games for the 2015 season. And this is the reason, even though there was no crime committed. It's also happened to Ben Roethlisberger as well. This is what it reads. It is not simply enough to avoid being found guilty of a crime. Instead, as an employee of the NFL, you are hard to, held to a higher standard <laughs> yeah, right. and expected to conduct yourself in a way that's responsible, promotes the values upon which the league is based, and is lawful. Persons who fail to live up to this standard of conduct are guilty of conduct detrimental and subject to discipline, even where the conduct itself does not result in the conviction of a crime. So the standard for uh, violating that penalty after the whole Ray Rice fiasco, was six games. Six-game suspension. He was handed ten. Makes no sense. He appealed, went to an independent arbiter, and he was handed a four-game suspension. So nothing makes any sense. It's the same old story with the NFL. Nothing makes any sense. Uh, so, But I think the closer thing is... So for that, I don't even care about the 15 games because he got paid. But think about it. Four games... You know what Sheldon Richardson got for testing positive for weed? He's going to miss the four, first four games of the year this year. You know what Tom Brady got for being accused of deflating air out of a football? Four games. Greg Hardy? Four games. Back after this. No, I mean, how bad is that? How, how can the NFL take themselves seriously? But the worst part, and you know what the worst part is that I'm going to bitch and moan about this as I'm doing now. You're listening to this saying, wow, that's disgusting. And there are other people that are furious about it. But it's Sunday at 105. Where are we all going to be? We're going to be in front of that TV. We're going to have a phone in one hand looking at our fantasy team. You're going to have the little piece of paper in your other hand saying the teams you bet on. And, and then you're going to put those things down and then you're going to drink a beer and you're going to eat wings and nachos. It's, it's an event. It's a lifestyle with the NFL on Sundays. You're going to be there. Whether they let Greg Hardy off with nothing, you'd still watch. You're an animal. Okay, I'm, I'm done insulting you. But that's the NBA. That's not the NBA. That's the NFL. I was looking at what we're going to talk about next. We're talking about the NBA. And uh, there are two... There was one ridiculous thing that happened this week, and I feel bad. It's it's rough when you have a weekly podcast because there are things that happen. You know, I release the podcast on Tuesdays. I try to, you know, and then something happens on Wednesday. So that's sort of old news by the time we're talking about it. But I, I quickly wanted to talk about the DeAndre Jordan saga. DeAndre Jordan is a uh, center for the Los Angeles Clippers. He's a defensive oriented player. Uh, Lots of rebounds, lots of blocks, plays good defense, not a very good scorer whatsoever. It's his weakest part of his game. But he still commands a lot of money because he still has a potential. He's still only 26 years old. He still has a potential to become a very dominant player if he ever got any set of offensive skills. Now, he committed to the Mavericks for four years, $80 million, And he woke up the next day and had cold feet. Uh, from what I was reading... He's always wanted a bigger role, and he's a little impressionable about things. He buys stuff sometimes and returns it. You know, I'm not saying stuff. He didn't buy a shirt at Walmart and said it was too small. Buys brand new cars, gadgets, just to return them a few weeks later. He's had three agents in the last seven years. 
But DeAndre said, you know what? I don't know if I want to do this. So he contacted his old friend John Lucas in Houston, contacted Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers got the whole gang together. It's like they threw up a bat signal, and all the Clippers came down to Houston after the Mavericks and Mark Cuban and Chandler Parsons. And where the hell did Chandler Parsons become this primetime player where he can start talking bad about people? And when did he become like a bargaining chip to get people somewhere? You're Chandler Parsons. Slow the fuck down. But they got all of... They all went to uh, DeAndre Jordan's house and basically convinced him to sign the papers to come back to the Clippers and ignoring all the Mavericks... Uh, text messages, overtures to what the hell's going on here. Hey, come on, let's try to work this out. Things of that nature. And, you know, DeAndre just, uh, it's not a good look. It's not a good look. He has the right to make up his mind to where he wants to go. He has the right to change his mind, I should say. He didn't sign anything. He, he It was a verbal, verbal uh, agreement with the Mavericks. He has the right. But you got to tell those people that you're not going. You can't just ignore things. You can't just ignore the people you just promised four years of your life, your basketball life to. And, uh, you know, everyone showed up there. Blake Griffin, Paul Pierce, and, and uh, J.J. Redick. I don't know. Why are these white guys invited? It's not even just the white guys. It's just lesser players. They, they don't seem like they'd be part of it. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, apparently Chris Paul and uh, DeAndre Jordan were having issues. That was one of the reasons DeAndre Jordan wanted to leave a leave the Clippers apparently he wasn't uh, he wasn't happy with the amount of high fives he was getting from Chris Paul high fives you know because this is grammar school let's see I'm the mic here sorry not enough high fives it was like a hostage situation uh, they eventually got it signed they got it done he's back with the Clippers and uh, Mark Mark I was going to say Mark Maverick Mark uh, Cuban is is left with no center that's tough, man. Hashim Thabit's looking for work. He just got ejected from a D-League game the other day, so maybe maybe, maybe, maybe he, that can help him out. Where am I getting? I'm getting audio here. What was that? All right. Uh, and the last thing I wanted to talk about this week, uh, I'm sweating in here, Whew. is the is a guy that I, I, I dislike so much. His name is Darren Williams. And I could give two shits about the Brooklyn Nets. I really don't care. This guy is such a piece of gar- garbage. And Darren is a constant problem with most teams he's gone to. Well, he's only been to two teams, the Utah Jazz and the Brooklyn Nets. And Darren, and I've said this before, I feel like I've said this before, that I've said this before, but I've said this before that Darren Williams is that classic guy that you knew in high school that's really good, but he's not nearly as good as you as he thinks he is. Or that guy at the basketball court he is a very good player he is a moody surly son of a bitch that never wants to play unless he's 100 percent healthy if everything isn't completely geared toward him he tried to fight jerry sloan an old man as a coach of the utah jazz now there's rumors he wanted to fight lionel hounds the old man coach of the brooklyn nets and jason kidd almost had to start a fight with him in practice to motivate him now he still has two years left on his contract with the Nets. And you know what the Nets said? They said, we don't like you. We don't even want you here anymore. We are giving you... They owed him $43.5 million over the next two years. They gave him... They negotiated 
$27.5 million to go the fuck away. We don't even want you here. We just, you can go, go, goodbye. Signs with the Mavericks, 10 years. 10, 10 million for two years. I mean, that's how bad... Think about how much of a just distraction and a, just a bad guy to, for chemistry to be around that they would pay him $27.5 million. Now, when I first heard about it, I thought that's absolutely crazy. And Evan Roberts was to, of WFAN was saying on the radio as I, as I was hearing this, if I were the GM, Billy King, I would say, I'm not giving you a goddamn thing. You know what you're going to do? You're going to sit on that bench. You're not going to play. You're going to sulk. And every time you bitch and moan, I'm going to find you. And I'm going to find you. And I'm going to find you over and over again until you just basically quit. Then we can void your goddamn contract. But after reading this, it makes sense because even by paying him the $27.5 million, the Nets save more than $50 million this season in the payroll and luxury tax payments. So it's definitely a good relief for the luxury, uh, for the salary cap. Uh, my brother said, you're a funny guy, Brian. I like you. That's why I'm going to kill you last. <laughs> John Matrix. I don't think so. You see Rambo's going to fight ISIS in the next Rambo movie? I mean, how old is Stallone? He's got to be close to 70. I don't think ISIS is scared of 70-year-olds, are they? They're not, well, they're not really scared of anybody, but... Uh, where was I? But Darren Williams, man, him and his stupid painted-on beard, painted-on hair, and terrible panther tattoo... Goodbye. Imagine how bad you got to be that they don't even want you there, man. He, he's, and he's just going to go to Dallas, and he's 69 years old, Sylvester Stallone, and he's just going to go to Dallas and try to ruin the chemistry there. He's supposed to go there years ago. You know, let, let him go there. The hell with him. And that's the end of our podcast today. And see what I mean? Imagine if you were, that's, life isn't fair. You know, Darren Williams, for being a moody little piece of shit, gets paid to leave. He's getting paid almost $30 million, more money than I'll ever see in my friggin' life. He gets that to just go away. We don't even want to get the f- We don't even want to look at you. You make us physically ill. That's the podcast today. Uh, I'm a little tired, sorry. Hope you enjoyed it. If you don't, tweet at me at BrianBuck13. Tell me how bad it was. Say, hey, Brian, Piss poor job. You can do better. You can't do better. Don't do better. Uh, listen to the show. iTunes, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher, YouTube, as always. And uh, leave a review. Subscribe. Do all of those things so you never miss a show. Uh, what else was I going to say? I was going to say something else. Oh, if you want to shoot me an email too, at redticketblues.com at gmail.com. That's two dot coms. And without... Um, I'm going to the Caribbean, so I want to go to even hotter areas than it is right now because it's not hot enough in New England for me. I need to go where I will just sweat nonstop and stink. So when you listen to this, maybe I'll already be there. I'm out of here. <laughs>